and welcome to episode 135 of Killer Hangover. I'm Bettina. And I'm Beth. We're back. We're back. (laughs) Hi, guys. I hope everybody's having a great week. Mom, how are you? I feel like we've talked, but we haven't talked. Like it's busy. Well, you know, I'm building the set for the show. So I have built a stone. I have built a dirt floor. I've made blocks into logs. (laughs) You're building a a home. (laughs) Sounds like it, doesn't it? Uh, Oh, well, here we go. Tech week is next week. And then the show opens. So this too. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, I can't forget. I made a squisher too. What's that? It's the thing in the in the play that squishes people. Oh, <laughs> this is a children's play, right? It is. So <laughs> as I was painting the castle, I thought, I don't have to make the squisher look like wood. I can just have fun with it. So I made the squisher, excuse me, psychedelic. <laughs> it's got these big daisies all over it. So you made it harder for yourself, though. Of course. <laughs> and it's still not done. Uh, so <laughs> when you have creative uh, ideas, you gotta run with them. I think so. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be like no other squisher in the entire world. Squisher. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> this week's episode we will be covering the state of Texas. Texas. Texas, yeah. <laughs> Well, I wrote my episode up a long time ago. I'm still pregnant, very pregnant, very uncomfortable. And so whenever I get free time, nap time, Alex is working late. Whenever I get free time, I've just been researching and writing and researching and writing so that I have my library of you've been really good episodes um, so that whenever we have time to record, I'm, I'm ready. But I wrote this up a long time ago. So I'm apologizing right now. We're going to be learning together. During during my reading, because that'll be fun. Forgot what you wrote. (laughs) I mean, I remember what I'm covering, but I've got the true crime, and you have the paranormal as well as the drink, which is different this week. So please, (laughs) please. (laughs) I had it Amazoned to you. You're always Mm -hmm. making fun of my Amazon, but it came in handy this week mom I had it shipped to her and then it was this big ordeal I was like Tom can you put it in the fridge but can you hide it so she can't see it and but don't take it out of the bottle like it was was like this big thing but I didn't think she wanted to drink it warm it would not be good warm so mom you have your Amazon box there why don't you open it open it yes (laughs) (laughs) okay the sides, I went ahead to save time. I cut the sides, but I don't know what's in this. So, okay. Okay. Open it. Crazy water. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> do you remember I covered a haunted house in Mineral Wells, Texas? Like episode like 111? No, yeah. I don't even... Okay. And then like Ghost Adventures went to Mineral Wells and they covered a location and they drank the crazy water. And so this is the crazy water from Mineral Wells, Texas. And it has a lot to do with my story of okay. what I'm covering. Can I open but it? I'm really thirsty. 
can you read what's on it? So it's mineral water. And if you remember from my story, what was that house called? Gosh, darn it. I should have looked that up. Sorry. Uh, There was a really haunted house there. And I was kind of giving, I gave the history of mineral wells and, uh, and I will again, when in the paranormal portion, there's wells underground. And I think I got you number two. No, you got me number three. Oh, oh, good. So there's stronger minerals in that one. (laughs) Can't see it. Uh, No, it's medium content. Okay. So I think it goes to four, but over time, they actually had a lot of um, asylums built there. And because this water would help because there's Mm -hmm. lithium, but like not enough, not enough that like, we're not gonna be able to continue this episode you should have seen her face if you're not watching on youtube it's quite the face she got scared. and they sell this online well <laughs> it's, it's it's the minerals it's just it's minerals may i read what it says yeah and i and from what i understand i wouldn't advise you to like drink the whole bottle i don't know no that's a lot in it okay the waters of mineral wells texas have been making folks feel good inside and out since 1881 maybe because of the flavor flavor maybe because they just well, Zach might... said it tastes tasted like a penny so I don't, I don't know maybe because they just might have healed a crazy woman who drank from the well either way that story that i told yeah either way you'd be crazy not to drink it so they so... do have they do have Four, you're right. So number one just has trace minerals. Number two, low. Number three, medium. And number four, high. Yeah. Okay. Because I think I originally ordered four and then Amazon is so good, guys. This is not an ad. Then I kind of sat on it for a day and then I canceled it and changed it to three because I was like, I don't want to like, (laughs) I don't want it to taste bad. You know, when it has the calories and stuff, the only thing that it has is sodium. Nutrient facts. Is sodium. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it comes from an, that's the only well. thing that's in there, but then there's potassium, biocarbonate, silica, lithium. Yeah. <laughs> All contained in one bottle called crazy water. Okay. I I'm sorry. I got to open it. Maybe. Well, yeah. I want you to drink this. <laughs> so sorry, there's no cocktail, but we've covered mineral wells now twice. So I had to see if it was possible to get some crazy water, and I can't believe I got some. It's very cold, Beth. Yeah, I didn't pour much in. Yeah, like on Ghost Avengers, they just took these little shots. There's no flavor. There's water. I can see what he says about a penny. It doesn't taste like a penny, but there's an aftertaste of, of a metal. Uh, that's what he said about four, was that it tasted like a penny. Um, there's an aftertaste that that lingers that could be kind of metal tingy yeah so tinny taste weirdly it's thicker than regular water if that's possible like it tastes it tastes thicker than regular water but it doesn't taste bad tastes like water really really clean water do you feel weird (laughs) not yet but i'll let you know Well, the ghost on the ghost. I know I keep referring to the Ghost Adventures show, but that's where I was watching it to get um, some information res- resources. I don't know for my paranormal portion. 
and they go and they get this and they like are doing all this psychedelic like camera work and they're drinking and they're like we're gonna get some of this for our uh, it makes us feel like we're high I don't know. so it's like should i get this for mom or are they just being they're being silly them. because they would have a warning on the bottle if it had kind of hallucinogens i would in it. think so yeah <laughs> whoa <laughs> Wow, what's happening? Why are you frozen? All right. Are we recording? Now we're back. And I'm out of breath because I had to climb underneath the desk to plug in my computer. I think we figured it out. I'd, we weren't even talking about ghosts or anything. We're just talking about crazy water. Yeah. Are you frozen was... again? Oh, no. <laughs> no, but I'm like. Why did the screen turn purple and then freeze? <laughs> We're talking about the hallucinogens. And the... I'm not going to yeah, drink they, anymore. <laughs> they acted all psychedelic and mom goes purple. <laughs> that was weird. Oh. Uh, those that are listening, I apologize for the hectic craziness. We have no idea what just happened. Told you we're new to this. This the whole thing. Thing. You know what, mom? I think it's time to tell a true crime story. <laughs> You might be sorry you said that, but okay. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm putting my feet up. All right. Nope, Beth, this is going to be a tough one to get through, and I apologize ahead of time. It does involve children being killed. Um, Great. It also brings to the forefront mental illness. I'm going to warn listeners now that there are parts of this case that will be very hard to listen to and to visualize. Feel free to zoom forward. <laughs> We're on Zoom. Get it? No. Feel free to zoom forward to best paranormal womp, section. Womp, womp. <laughs> but this is a very interesting case in which initially you may say the murderer should be put to death. And then when you listen more, then maybe you'll change your mind halfway through. Okay. Okay. Andrea Pia Kennedy was born in Houston, Texas on July 2nd, 1964 the youngest of five children. As a teen, she suffered from bulimia and depression. I don't know. I think, I think I'm not saying all, but I think a lot of high school girls suffer from this body image crisis that we have. Body oh. like dysmorphia. Like, yeah. isn't that what they call it? Yeah, yeah. Where you see something that just isn't there. I mean, Back in the days, I thought I was fat. Now I look back and go, oh, no, give that back to me. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of memes out there, though, that are like, uh, man, back then I thought I was fat. If only I could be that fat again. Yeah. But at the same time, it is a mental illness, though. Like, it isn't not. It isn't just some little thing. Like, yes, we all suffer with I don't look good. I want to look better. But bulimia, that that is... That's more severe. Yeah, it's carrying it a step further. Mm -hmm. Andrea graduated from yeah. high school in 1982, where she had been, and I get this, class valet Victorian, captain of the swim team, officer in the Na National Honor Society. She was a bit of a misfit, but didn't really care. She was smart, funny, and very focused. She completed a two-year nursing program and from 1986 to 1994 worked as a registered nurse at the University of Texas Cancer Center. She and Rusty Yates, who was a Nassau, 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 N-A-S-A, -S -S -A, you NASA? know, NASA, 
engineer. I always say Nassau for some reason. Met at the apartment complex where they lived. They were married in April 1993. We're going to have as many babies as nature allows, they told everybody. They Good wanted kids. Kids, kids, kids. <laughs> Noah was born February 1994. Shortly after his birth, Rusty accepted a job in Florida, and the family moved and lived in a small trailer. December 1995, John was born, and September 1997, Paul was born. So now we have three little boys. By this time, the family had moved back to Houston, where they lived in a motorhome in a trailer park. The couple was always religious, but after moving back to Houston, they began to follow a preacher by the name of Michael Waronecki, who was, mm, well, quite fanatical. He would travel the country on a bus with his family, preaching on sidewalks about hell and sin and how hard it will be to get to heaven. The Warren Neckies were close to the Yates, according to several sources. Other sources didn't even mention them, just putting that in there. So when it was time to sell the bus that the Warren Neckies traveled around, they traveled around in a school bus. Well, so Rusty bought the bus. And moved his family into the bus. Okay. So now you've got three little boys and two people, grown-ups, living in a school bus. Two adults. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Two big people. <laughs> we'll talk about a squisher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luke was born in February of 1999. Mm-hmm. So now you have four little boys and two big people <laughs> living in a bus. The boys would sleep in the luggage compartment. And that's where they stuck them to sleep. So you the have tight... to get there from the outside then? I don't know. Maybe oh. there was something. Because there was, um, I saw a couple pictures from the interior. And it had been made into it. Don't picture, don't picture the bus like having bus seats in it. Those seats no, have I all don't. been taken out in it. And they had made it into living quarters. Sure. But um, it just wasn't big enough for two or three beds. So then they yeah. used the luggage compartment. So I don't know if there was like a, something to pull up, An you know, and space then or, yeah, boys go down into the deep hole. I don't, I have no idea. The tight quarters added a lot of stress to Andrea's life. She was a good mother. She breastfed, did everything natural, cloth diapers, homeschooled, etc. But after Luke's birth, Andrea suffered from postpartum depression. In June 1999, Andrea overdosed on Trazodon, which is an antidepressant. I don't know if it was prescribed to her or to her father. There's some discrepancy in resources on that one. Andrea was admitted to a psychiatric unit and was diagnosed with a major depressive disorder. She stayed in the unit for only a week before she was discharged and started outpatient appointments with psychiatrist Eileen Starbranch. Okay, so now it's late July and Rusty found Andrea in the bathroom holding a knife to her neck. So she had just been released. Okay. She was once again admitted to a psychiatric hospital for treatment. Haldol, an antipsychotic drug, was prescribed to her, as well as antidepressants. 
Andrea was discharged after 20 days. The Halidol seemed to be working well. Andrea had started her outpatient care with Dr. Starbranch, who warned Andrea and Rusty that having another child could very probably trigger a psychiatric episode or a psychotic episode, excuse me. And this is just a little statistic. If a mother has been diagnosed with postpartum psychosis after previous pregnancies and she has another baby, there is a 4% risk that the newborn will be killed. That's how serious, that's how serious this is. And that's why the doctor said, you you just can't have any more children. Rusty is a little overwhelmed with all of this, but he does come to the reality that maybe, I don't know, moving out of the school bus into a house might help. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know. Well, you don't know their lifestyle. Like there's a lot of people that would be very, very content. Yeah, he goes to work every like day. That. He goes to work. Well, no, you know what I'm sorry. I mean. No, I. This was not doing Andrea any any good at all. Living in these cramped quarters, so he and Andrea purchased a three bedroom house in used in the Houston suburb of Clear Lake City. Life is good. The Hal doll was really helping. The move really opened Andrea up. She had space. Um, the kids had space to run and and to, you know, had bedrooms. But then Andrea stopped taking the Haldol. Mm. Nine months later, in November 20, 2000, sorry, little Mary was born. Now, I don't know whether Andrea has stopped taking the meds because she and Rusty found out she was pregnant or whether they stopped mm. the meds. She stopped the meds because they wanted to get pregnant. So I'm not sure, but she stopped it like nine months before the baby was born around that time. Oh, and by the way, I think I've been changing her name from Andrea to Andrea to Andrea. Yes, I was actually going to ask you. <laughs> I I think that's a bit of my German coming through. So let's Andrea. 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 Okay. Sorry. A few months after Mary's birth, Andrea's father passed away. Now, her and her father were really close, so this hit her super hard. Mm. And remember, she's still not on the Halidol. She spirals downward, I mean, mm. really fast. One source said that she quit eating and started cutting herself. She was also again admitted to a psychiatric unit. There she saw Dr. Mohab Seed, who put her on, her on antidepressants, but not the Halidol. She was discharged 13 days later, but then 24 days later, she was admitted again. This time, she's also then put on Halidol. 10 days later, she was discharged. Now, here's where sources once again differ. One said that Andrea went to Dr. Seed and told him she was having a reaction to the Halidol, so he weaned her off of it. Another source said Dr. C told Rusty to wean Andrea off the Halidol after she was discharged. Yeah. Um, So I don't know, but either way, she, she was off the Halidol again. Okay. Around June 7th, 2001, Andrea took her last Halidol pill. And although she, with Rusty, had followed up appointments with Dr. Seed, Andrea was once again experiencing psychotic episodes. 
Their last appointment with the doctor was on June 18th, 2001. Two days later, on June 20th, five precious children were found dead. Okay, this is this is where got to keep it together. Okay. Noah, age seven, was independent and helped with his brothers. John, age five, had a wonderful, contagious smile. Paul, age three, was described as the perfect child. Luke, age two, was fearless. His nickname was the bulldozer. Little Mary was six months old and was called a blessing. What would cause a loving mother? And Andrea did love her children, but what would cause her to kill them? It wasn't another man. We've heard stories and even told some stories about women killing their children because they want to be with a man who doesn't want children. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't that she never wanted children. Remember her and Rusty said they wanted as many as nature allows. No, in Andrea's case, she was suffering from postpartum depression, psychosis, and even schizophrenia. She believed herself to be a bad mother who is leading her children to hell. She knew this because they acted out like, you know, they were children. One example was that when Rusty's mother came over, the boys would call her names. I don't know what names. That's that's where they left it. I don't know what names they could have been calling her. I, whatever they were calling, they weren't bad names. These were these were little kids that were like were just messing around. I don't believe that they were calling her no. any kind of bad names at all. It also didn't help that Michael Warnock Necky's wife exchanged letters with Andrea and would write things like Andrea needs to be a better wife and mother even going so far as to suggest that without changing, Andrea was nothing but a Jezebel. In his preaching, Michael would often mention that children were not accountable to God for their actions until they were 10 years old. Andrea, in her mentally affected mind, honestly believed that she had to save the children's souls from hell and send them to Jesus before Satan claimed them, as she believed Satan had claimed her. With this in mind, On June 20th, 2001, Andrea waited for Rusty to leave for work. She had an hour before Rusty's mother showed up at the house to help with the children. Andrea filled the bathtub with water, and one by one, starting with her perfect child, Paul, she drowned her children. After the four youngest children died, she placed them in a bed side by side, sliding Mary's hand into one of her brothers. It looked like Noah was last, and he struggled with his mother, even getting away from her at one point. There were wet footsteps going down the hallway. But he was not strong enough and was drowned as the others. His body she left floating in the bathtub. Andrea then calmly called 911 and then called Rusty, telling him he had to come home. Is anyone hurt? he asked. Yes. Who? The kids. Which one? All of them. Officer David Knapp was the first on scene. Thinking he was approaching a welfare check because that's how it was called in, Andrea met him at the door, wet, wide-eyed, and breathing heavily. Looking straight into his eyes, she flatly told him, I killed my children. Where? They're in the bed. Entering the master bedroom, Knapp saw four little bumps under the bed's covers. 
He checked each for a pulse, and finding none, he went downstairs and sat on the couch with Andrea. Officer Frank Stampo was next on the scene. After arriving, he ran upstairs and found the children's bodies on the bed. He then turned towards the bathroom and found Noah's body floating face down in the tub. Both Officer Knapp and Officer Stumpo cannot to this day get the image of the five dead children out of their head. Rusty arrived on the scene, and then his mother. They were not allowed into the house until the following day. After the initial shock, Rusty blamed Andrea's mental illness for the deaths. And although they are divorced, Rusty has moved and Rusty has moved on. Marrying and having another child, he still stands by his ex-wife, saying the mental illness killed the children, not Andrea. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Andrea faced the death penalty, but she was fine with that. In fact, she asked to be executed and not to have a trial, believing that Satan was living within her. But that was not an option in this case. There was a a quote that um, she was in the site. Well, she was built being held at the hospital and um, she kept scratching her head and she wanted to have her hair shaved because she knew for sure there was 666 on her scalp and she kept scratching it to get it to go away. Um, and it wasn't, they looked, it was just, she had scratched so much. She was bleeding and had scabs, but there was no 666 on there, obviously. George Panham was Andrea's defense attorney, and in the 2002 trial, he claimed that his client was psychotic. But here's the catch. Andrea knew that killing the children was a sin against God and the law, but a greater sin was the children losing their souls and never getting to heaven. Texas law states that a defendant who has to a defendant has to prove that they could not tell the difference between right and wrong at the time of the crime in order to assert the insanity defense. And she, in her own words, said, I knew it was wrong against the law and against God, but I had to do this. I was going to, I mean, I have a lot to say. I'm just keeping quiet because I'm trying to fight back tears. Um, uh, I understand that she had issues clearly because she was going to the doctor multiple times. She was on medication, off medication. I get it, but she knew what she was doing. I mean, she even knew she had a, an hour window of time to do it in. And she so, did it when her husband left for work so that he wouldn't stop it. It her premeditated. Like, I'm sorry, I'll let you finish your story. <clears throat> District Attorney Joseph Omby, Omby, sorry, O-W-M-B-Y, Omby, argued that Andrea, Andrea, did it again, Andrea knew exactly what she was doing. She planned the whole thing out. She waited until after Rusty left for work and before her mother-in-law was due to arrive at the house. She even put the family dog into his kennel before she acted. Omby then called Dr. Park Dietz to the stand. Dr. Dietz, a forensic psychiatrist, was a consultant to the series Law and Order. He spent 10 to 20 hours speaking with Andrea. On the stand, he testified that there was an episode in Law and Order 
where a person drowned their child and claimed mental illness. Before he had taken the stand, Rusty had testified and said that he and Andrea often watched Law and Order. In his closing remarks, Awambi stated that if the couple watched the series and an episode depicting the killing and mental illness had aired, which Deet said it did, then Andrea would have seen it. As for the defense, Pam Ham said that he had not been aware of the episode on Law and Order until it was brought to the jury. So he wasn't even told about this. Mm -hmm. The jury only took three hours and 40 minutes to reach a verdict. Andrea Yates was guilty of capital murder. But because of her illness, she was sentenced to life in prison instead of the death penalty. She would be eligible for parole in 40 years. But the story goes on. After the verdict, and as defense attorney Pam Ham walked out of the courthouse, he was, of course, bombarded with reporters. This case had hit national headlines. One young reporter actually pulled Pam, Pam Ham to the side and questioned the integrity of Dr. Dietz. The reporter said that she was an avid law and order watcher and had seen all the episodes and did not recall the episode the doctor had referred to on stand. The producer of Law and Order called the prosecutor ranting and raving that there was never an episode on Law and Order depicting a parent killing their child and claiming insanity. The prosecutor's response to the producer as well as to the media was that, oh, Dr. Dietz had not purposefully lied. It was all a big mistake and the doctor had confused episodes. Big, big mistake on the part of doctor of the doctor. A woman with a severe mental illness had been sent to life in prison, and one of the main reasons the jury verdict was of guilty is because Andrea had probably watched the episode on Law and Order about the person killing their child and claiming insanity. So is there a mistrial then? Actually, Pam Ham took this information to the first uh, court of appeals, stating false testimony on the part of the doctor, and the court reversed the case. Mm. Andrea's second trial commenced. By this time, public opinion had changed. Instead of the cry to punish her with death, there was the question, how can you prosecute someone with a severe mental illness? On July 26, 2006, the jury found Andrea not guilty of reason of insanity. Andrea was sent to Kerrville State Hospital, a low-security mental hospital, where she still resides. Her case comes up for re review every year, and every year Andrea declines a hearing and chooses to stay at Kerrville. She knows that she would just do better there at the hospital than she would release to the public, into the public, I should say. Rusty speaks to Andrea by phone throughout the year and goes to see her once a year. He blames Dr. Seed for the downfall. Okay, now we've got all the blame, right? All this blames then goes around. He blames Dr. Seed for the downfall of Andrea. He believes that she should have stayed on Halidol, and Dr. Seed took her off of it because of side effects. But it was the only medicine that kept her lucid. Dr. Seed states he told Rusty that his wife should not be allowed alone with the children because of her psychosis. But according to one source, 
Rusty didn't want Andrea to become too dependent on him, so he left her alone for an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening, with his mother coming in to help when he was at work. Dr. Starbranch testified that she did tell the couple that they should not have any more children because of the postpartum psychosis, but they obviously did not take her warning to heart. Michael Waronnecki denies any wrongdoing, stating that he in no way influenced Andrea to kill her children, which, you know, he didn't directly. No, he didn't. Andrea's defense attorney still visits Andrea regularly. He says that she is on medication, including Haldol, and is doing well. She talks about her children and grieves for them every day. Panham is quoted as saying, Panham and his wife started the Yates Children Memorial Fund to try to make a difference in how women are treated in the mental health criminal justice system. Partly because of what happened in Andrea Yates's case, legislation in Texas allows new mothers to receive a postpartum depression screening during their baby's wellness visit, which I think I think would be a very good thing to have on the books. They do that, they do that here. Um, do they? Yeah, I have a... Obviously, being pregnant, I'm starting the steps right now, but uh, Finn is only a year and a half. And when you register to give birth at the hospital, they do like a screening. They did a screening when I was probably six months pregnant. They'll do a screening with me at the hospital after giving birth. And then they'll do a screening at the baby's appointment. Visit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I because I have to like fill out some survey thing. That's good. I think it's very important. We, I didn't have that. You know, I, I think it's very important too. But think about some of that. A lot of the questions are: Do you feel like you're safe in your house and like all this kind of stuff? Oh, they and ask I, you that at every appointment you go to at the doctor's. But like, what if you don't feel safe in your house and they're asking these questions and you're scared right to say? There and you're oh in the yeah. delivery room or my partner or whomever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they always ask me when I'm alone. So that and would be surveys weird. surveys are, I, I don't know. I don't They're know. They're just basically your answer to a question, right? I mean, if so I was how scared. How honest are people being on these surveys? I'm not, I think it's at least a good step. I'm not knocking it. I think it's a good step to. I just don't know how else you could diagnose. I don't know how else you true. could get to it. That's you true. You know, you can't stick a thermometer in their mouth. I mean, it's, mm -mm. I don't know how else you'd assess it. Insurance, doctors reading past medical records, husband fanatical uh, religion. One could go on and on with the blame game, but what it comes down to is a storm of everything combined together, causing Andrea to not get the help she needed so she could take care of her beautiful children. I know this was a really hard case to research. I broke down several times. <laughs> Of course, I saw more. I'm listening. I'm just looking at something really fast. I I'm saw listening. more of um, in-depth description of the murder scene and stuff, which I'm not going to share. It just is a horrible thing altogether. I mean, the 20 days that she stayed in the psychiatric unit was the limit for insurance. Mm -hmm. So then she had to be released, even though she was no, you know, and then a week, 10 days. If you have a severe mental illness, how is that? I well, this is, it. I was looking into stuff for Patreon and I wanted to cover, we like to cover recent cases. And this is really similar to that, um, the recent case that's been in the media. 
Lindsay Clancy. Uh, she killed her three children. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar. She lives in Massachusetts. She killed her and her husband uh, was told not to leave her with, like, don't leave her alone with the kids because of everything she's going through. And he did for an hour and she killed Same her thing. children. And she's she's in trial or pre-trial and she's in the hospital doing, she's not going into the court. And so it's just like a camera on her in the hospital during trial and everybody's been talking about it. And, you know, yes, it's, it's a, the silver lining is it's bringing the horrible thing of postpartum depression and everything that goes along with it to the forefront. I think we do need to be more aware. We do need to talk about it. But it was still a thought out process. And both of these accounts, they knew that they were left alone. You, you know what I, that's where it gets hard for me, but I don't suffer with a mental disorder. So who am I to say, I've gone to those dark places before where not to kill my kids, but you go to those dark places of just like, you've been to the, I've been to those dark holes. It, it happens. Some people can't get out of them. And I understand that that's a, that's a reality. And that's so scary. And but remember, with her psychosis, her mental illness, and her severe psychosis, schizophrenia, all this other stuff put together, she really thought she was saving her children's lives. Yeah. I mean, she was, you know, they were very religious, and she seriously thought she was a horrible mother, and she was influencing her children to be horrible people, and she needed to stop that. And she had tried to commit suicide, you know, that didn't work, I guess, and so... She just, and remember, the children aren't accountable for their actions until they're 10. So she wanted to, I guess, make sure that the children's souls go to heaven and that Satan has no claim on them. And he wouldn't until they were 10. According to their religion. According to this Michael preacher guy. All this is inside of her head. And she loved her children dearly. I mean, she, she adored them. They were her life. Well, there's no past trauma either. Like there's no, she never harmed them in the past either. No, she didn't. She didn't, but she really had. And I think it was um, a few years before this incident, she did fill up the tub and nobody really can come to the, I mean, some people come to the conclusion she was going to do it then, Mm -hmm. um, but her husband came home or her husband was home and stopped her or she was going to kill herself or, you know, but it's such, um, I don't know, a, a tangled case, I guess, because I mean, you cry for the children, you know, oh, you, it's a you tangled cry, of emotion. Totally. <laughs> you cry for them, but you have to also cry for her. She, she mentally just, you know, and, and it bothers me that the doctors couldn't review hospital records and say, okay, she was on Haldol and it really helped her. So we need to get her on Haldol as soon as possible. And they didn't. But we don't know what was happening in those doctor's visits. Like at the same time, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. They were told not to have children again and they did. So I don't know what was happening in those visits maybe and the doctor said don't leave her alone and they did yeah and they did but we don't know if she was sitting there saying well how it all makes me feel weird i don't want to take it again what what can i do besides that this time we don't know what was said in those visits so that's that's something too where you start to well and i could just be making that up maybe again they didn't review it properly and it was 
I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm just saying when you're advised that when your mental health is as poor as it is, and you're told not to have kids (laughs) and that could put your other children at in danger, then you probably shouldn't have kids. Well, and I'm sorry. I'm not playing the blame game because we don't know anything. No, no, no. I don't, I don't, I I, for that to come across like that at all. I would revert back to Rusty. You heard these same words. You know, you heard the doctor say you shall not have. Yeah. You don't have these mental issues. And I don't know what the whole case is. Obviously, there's some people who really come down hard on him and say that he insists on having more children. Uh, We don't know that. We have no clue. And we don't know that she didn't act totally fine either and was like, honey, I'm fine for 30 minutes by the time your mom gets here. Like, I'm totally fine. Like, we don't. We don't know the full. Well, according to everything <laughs> I read, she was really out of it. Well, she would she just... really shouldn't have been left alone with children. No. She should Four not have been left children. alone. From everything I read, she should not have been left alone for an hour. No, no way. She was kind of zombied out. Um, oh, yeah, that's a pretty and then, heavy day And then drug. like the oldest son was made Noah was kind of told, keep an eye on your mom until your grandma gets home. That, that, he's seven years old. You don't put oh, that, that responsibility breaks. on a child. My heart. That breaks my heart. She was very disturbed. Very disturbed. And so does she deserve to go to jail? I don't believe so. I think she is where she needs to be in a hospital. And it is hard to claim insanity. I think you really have to prove it. And I think she proved, I mean, I think it was proven. I know a lot of people try to to get off on that old insanity claim, but um, it's not the easiest thing to do. No, it's our court system is not stupid. I mean, I just get so upset with anybody that would ever, for whatever deranged reason, would hurt or kill a child. I, I just. I need to soften my heart to that because I understand she obviously has issues. To our minds, it doesn't make sense. Babies. I I mean. To our minds, it doesn't make any sense. But no. Yeah. And in this case, I I believe justice was served as horrible as that is. And like I said, I, I had been exposed to the crime scene and how it happened and everything and i you should still look into this uh lindsay case it's very and see how it compares very, very similar and it's all over the media right now maybe i'll do That's that inter- yeah and see how it compares all right i have my homework for patreon okay uh and i'm gonna move on quickly because that was just absolutely horrible my makeup is running thanks I'm mom s- i'm sorry Okay, take a drink of your crazy water. We are moving on. It leaves a weird thing on my tongue. <laughs> like a filminess on your tongue? Like like I'm more thirsty now than I was opening the bottle. Oh, no. Can you keep it? And whenever I come visit you next, whenever the heck that is, me and my troop come trancing, tramp, trampsing. I'll bring it with me when we come for the baby. Remember, oh, I'm gosh. living with you for a month. <laughs> That's right. You are. <laughs> People keep asking me. You're going to need hey. to be drinking something stronger than just crazy water. water. 
<laughs> people keep asking me, hey, let's do this. Hey, are you going to be here for this in April? Are you going to do this? Hey, let's do this in April. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything in April. <laughs> I'm on baby I'm watch. With, I'm on baby watch. I mean, by the time that this comes out, I will have hopefully had her because we're recording. Oh, that's craziness, isn't it? Yeah. So I will be with you. <laughs> yeah. That's so by the crazy. time this comes out, you will have tasted crazy water. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, leap with me here. In 1877, a man <laughs> named James Alvis Lynch left one part of Texas to move to another part of Texas. <laughs> Big move. All right. Have I interested you in my story yet? <laughs> 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 he and his family were looking for a climate a climate with relief from malaria. Mr. Lynch and his wife, Armanda, also suffered from rheumatism. They're on their trek with their kids, 50 heads of livestock and their illnesses, and they hear that the Com Comanche were attacking up near where their destination was, near the Brazos River. His family had gone through enough, so they decided to just stay put. It's a pretty area where they were, uh, but it's like four miles from the nearest water source. Oh, no. The Brazos River. And life back then was hard as it was. They needed to. But this is. They needed water. This is where they started their new lives. If they got this water, they're going to be thirsty all the time. But go ahead. <laughs> they established themselves out in the middle of. Well, I think everywhere back then was the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. About it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but after living there for about two and a half years, they finally find a well driller who agreed to drill near their home in exchange for some oxen. So for two years, they were, if they needed water, they'd have to go the four miles to go get wow. water. Isn't that crazy? No, that is. It probably didn't take many baths. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, but then you. Unless they took a, a bath when they went and got, when, when they went and got the water. Yeah, you just shared a story about a bath, though, Mom. So my head just went there. Stop. Well, that's silly. Because my head did story. not. My head did not go there at all. Okay, so they find this well driller. He drills near their home. They give him some oxen, uh, and they have water now at their Yay. house. Okay, but it kind of tasted funny. Uh huh. So they gave it to their <laughs> animals first to make sure that it was safe to drink. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> good old animal testing. <laughs> and I say and they that thrived. Pure, I say that with pure satire. Animal testing is bad. Well, bad. their animals did really well. So they started drinking the water. And wouldn't you know it, they started feeling better from all of their ailments as well. News of their healing waters spread to the locals. But I don't know who the locals were because they were just there by themselves. And so how did it more spread? people... I guess more people have started to settle nearby. Oh, probably, but how did it spread? It's like, oh, they have healthy oxen. I wonder what those oxen drink. Well, it's not only the oxen, it's the whole family. You're glowing today. It's my water. <laughs> okay, so uh, I told you we're learning together here because I wrote this up a long time ago. Soon people were showing up at the Lynch's property asking about their well water. The lynches and their water grew popular, and a town started building up around them. Wow. Mineral Wells, Texas. Mr. Lynch named himself the first mayor. 
Well, he could do that. He could do anything he wanted. I know. Several wells were dug around Mineral Wells, Texas, the most famous being the Crazy Well. So I talked about that in episode 117 about the elderly woman who drank from this well daily and she was like cuckoo, I guess, and it cured her mental illness. So they started calling it crazy water. The water contains enough lithium in it. It helped aid various mental illnesses and mood disorders. Oh, okay. So mineral wells grows and grows and grows, trains people, and then the Baker Hotel. And then Amazon. (laughs) Yes. In 1929, T.B. Baker starts constructing the Baker Hotel at the low, low cost of $1.2 million. Mm. That's back then. That's a lot of money. And I didn't do the calculations, but that's a lot of money. It is, but it's a big hotel. It's a huge hotel. Yeah. The hotel was grand. And the videos and photos I've seen, it's pretty dilapidated now. It looks like the perfect set for a horror movie. <laughs> oh, the no. walls peeling and like oh. everything, the tile cracking. But you can still see the ornate like carvings in the wood and the detail that was there. I mean, just these little beautiful tile pieces that they lay by hand back then, which is just mm-hmm. crazy. They would create these beautiful murals on the floor. It just yeah, weren't they Itali- weren't they Italian tile that they had shipped I think, over? I think so. Mm. Um, but just the artistry and the architecture is just gorgeous. So in the old dining room, which is called the Brazos Room, named after the Brazos River, uh, it's a dance hall. They had these like rose-colored glass that would be on the pillars in the room. And the women used to look at themselves and feel beautiful because they were seeing themselves through rose-colored glass. <laughs> Anyway, it's a very luxurious spa, stunning hotel. They opened two weeks after the great stock market crash. Oh. But they did very well. It had 460 rooms, two suites, spa with an Olympic-sized pool, air conditioning in every single room, which is a big deal in Texas. That's crazy. Held up. This held up all through the Depression. It had famous musicians, political leaders, celebrities, like Clark Gable, Judy Garland, President Ronald Reagan, and rumor has it that even Bonnie and Clyde found sanctuary in the walls of the Baker Hotel. Oh. The hotel does very well until it doesn't. With the growth of the medical field and people kind of turning up their noses at healing waters, mm. the hotel shuts its doors in 1963 for two years. And then a group tries to reopen it, but then again it closes. That's- too expensive yeah and it was used i guess as a convention center for a while because it was so big Mm -hmm. Uh, but then it officially closed its doors in 1972 Mm. many have looked and envisioned the hotel with prosperous admiration but it wasn't until 2019 that a development team stepped up and began its historical restoration oh with a budget of near if not more than 65 million dollars wow but you'd have to right that this place is huge. Like this hotel huge. is huge. And they have to restore everything. Yes. And they have to change it up to code nowadays. Mm-hmm. The goal is to, quote, return the grand old lady of Mineral Wells to her formal glory, reigniting the hotel as well as the town of Mineral Wells. So they advertise this to be a three-year project. Um, but from TikTok, there's a... <laughs> 
there's somebody on TikTok I follow. It's called the Baker Hotel and Spa. And mm-hmm. if you're on TikTok, I highly advise you guys, if you're into history and stuff, it's so cool. There's this guy that'll show you the tile floor and he'll explain to you about it. He'll show you the ceilings, the arched ceilings and what goes into it, what was there, what they're planning on doing. Uh, recently, um, I don't know how recent it will be now, but the doors back then were really, really thick because they had this door inside the door that they could hang their clothes for them to take to dry cleaning. Does that make sense? So you have the door and then there's like a cubby inside the door. So the doors are very thick. And then from the, they'd have to have a key from the outside, the maids would open it, take the dry cleaning out, go do it. And then they'd hang it back in this little like cubby in the door. Interesting. And then in the top portion of the door was a really thick vent to create airflow, which Mm -hmm. is not up to code now. And that's just in the door to each room. Wow. They want to utilize these doors still because of the history aspect of it, but they're nowhere near code. It's a fire hazard with how thick these doors are. Oh. And then uh, he also shows you like, you know, on the outside of the rooms, it shows like the fire exit and how much the room costs and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's so old timey looking, but it's like $42 a night. And it has like phone number to call for the spa and like it's so cool the history because it's all there still I'm such a nerd though I love that stuff but they said it was a three-year project that started in 2019 and I'm not an architect I don't I'm not in construction I don't know how long things take but it looks far from three years oh like no. it looks like they still have a lot to do the website said that their goal was to open it in 2024 I mean I could be totally wrong but I just Oh, it looks like a lot to do. Uh, Okay. Let's chat hauntings. There were only three noted deaths at the hotel. And I find that odd from all the stories we've told that there's, and how big this hotel is and for how long it ran during the depression, even that there's only three. Yeah. But remember the Stanley, we covered the Stanley and there was only like two or three. I don't think there was any. Oh, yeah. Or or, or there. I think there was one, but it, it wasn't. Yeah, we like, covered a hotel where they even said like there was no deaths there. And it could have been the Stanley. Yeah, I don't know. But this said three. Mr. Baker himself died there. Then there was a suicide. And a third was a porter who worked at the hotel and he died in a horrible accident in the elevator. Oh, okay. Now, according to other sources, Ghost Adventures being one of them, there's actually a fourth death as well, mm-hmm. and it was another suicide. They believe that at least two of these three hauntings or four hauntings haunt, wait, hmm? wait, they believe that at least two of these three deaths or four deaths, however, whatever you want to believe, All right. haunts the hotel. Does that make sense? That sentence uh-huh. just did not flow well. that one makes sense yes okay thank you Uh, i'll get to their stories but a lot of hauntings are believed to be from those that loved their time there so it's just residual so again the stanley yep same thing yeah yep i found this awesome article on texascapes.com and it was all about the baker hotel and i want to read to you a portion of that blog in the spring of 2000 i spoke with a local mineral wells woman who claimed to be a psychic 
She has wished to remain anonymous for fear of ridicule in such a small town, and I, for one, certainly understand. She told me ever since she was a young girl, she has had the ability to see spirits. She said she had been in the baker many times and had even managed a shop on the outside first floor back in the early 1980s. She said the stories are true. The baker is very haunted, but not like we think. Most ghosts didn't necessarily die at the baker, but returned after death because the hotel represented a wonderful time in their lives. She went on to say that most of the spirits in the hotel do not want to be seen or heard with the exception of a small child. A little boy, about six to eight years old, was the only one to communicate with her. He told her he died in a hotel apartment in 1933 when his parents were seeking medical treatment for his leukemia. So there's no record of that. So maybe mm -hmm. the three deaths were just when it was run as a hotel. I see. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. She reported a large shaggy dog always accompanying the child. Oh. He also bounced a ball to get her attention and, quote, he was watched by an unknown older woman who was always near him unquote. Hmm. The psychic went on to tell me the spirits don't necessarily look the age they were when they died. Some were employees of the building. One she said for reasons she didn't understand was a helicopter pilot who attended basic flight training in Fort Walters in the 1960s. He was killed in a helicopter crash while at Fort Rucker, Alabama. He had I used to, to live the there. Congratulations. Just going to throw that in there. I you did. There. You threw it. <laughs> he had returned to the baker with his body in the same traumatic state that resulted from the crash. Ew. So I find that interesting if you, I mean, if you believe this psychic, but isn't it interesting that you could choose how you come, like what you look like in spirit form? Can you choose? That's what she's saying is like but he chose to come back a bloody he, mess. Yeah. Oh, and he and he died in a helicopter crash, but yet he, quote unquote, haunts the Baker Hotel and hangs well, out there. He liked it there. It's better than well, Fort Rucker. <laughs> be nice. OK, before the hotel even closed its doors, there were haunting occurrences. The main haunt of the hotel being one of the suicides I had mentioned before. She was said to be the mistress of the hotel's man of the hotel manager. Her name was Virginia. He had put her up in a very luxurious suite in the hotel. I'm sorry. My oh, laptop is, you're going to have to turn for a second because my laptop's running out of battery. <laughs> God, all these things happening today. Okay, go ahead. Okay. All right. So mistress, her name is Virginia. He put her in a luxurious suite, uh, but he never followed through with, you know, all the promised steps of I'll leave my wife, I promise. And so she, some say she jumped from to her death. Others say she was actually pushed. Ooh. Uh, but her ghost starting back in the fifties has haunted the seventh floor of the Baker hotel. A worker back in the 50s and 60s used to see a woman wandering the halls. The same woman year after year after year. He would catch her just turning a corner or like walking ahead of him and then vanishing into a room. It's pretty cool. I 
Okay, so they only had two suites in the hotel, you said. When it when they opened it. Okay. Okay. Because so I was sure like, that isn't that pretty obvious? <laughs> There's only two and she took one of them like she lived there. That's not my mistress. That's just some lady that stays in the, one of the two suites we have. And she's never paying for it. So <laughs> anyway. Uh, a lot of people get drifts of perfume, cold spots, and a maid working back when the hotel was open reported finding glasses in the room with red lipstick stains on the rims when no one was staying in that room. Oh my God. <sighs> I was thinking these glasses. I'm with you. I promise I'm with you. Why would glasses have lipstick on? It's this crazy water. Oh, no. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> okay. Yes. Ghost Adventures went there. And the mistress's room, as they called it, which, ugh, come on, how rude. Her name was Virginia. Uh, but she, uh, they, okay, so they go to this hotel. And they're doing, like, a cameo in the street outside the hotel. Okay. Hold on. It's when Nick was there. And Nick is oh, get, man, getting this is an old one. It is. They're getting like a tour of the hotel. You know how they do mm-hmm. um, by like a manager. I think this guy was on the con- like he's one of the contractors, I think, of the hotel at the time. And he's taking through and he's sharing his ghost stories. Well, while he's doing that, Zach is doing a cameo down on the street, chasing down this stray dog he found. So it has like nothing to do with uh, uh i don't know where aaron was but what did he um, filming at the time he was the filmer at the he time was, yeah he was the filmer he was the cameraman <laughs> the cameraman the <laughs> <laughs> you're right he was the filmer and <laughs> billy was just the sound tech guy but he's there and they're like tra- tracing down this stray dog and zach's like calling the humane society and they're like well we'll take the dog but you need to take it to the vet first to make sure it's clean and has all of its shots and then we'll take it so they take it to the vet and they get this dog all cleaned up and give it its shots. And they're like, okay, well, the Humane Society will take it. Let's just hang on to it until we head out that way. And Billy's like, I have a better idea. Why don't I adopt her? It's. Oh. Yeah. But good old Nick is inside actually doing the investigation. And he's okay. The guy's name is Mark Rawlings. He's the restoration manager who's renovating the hotel. So it's. Total daylight. This was really, really cool. So they're in Virginia's room, the mistress's suite, and they're doing this interview and he's asking questions and he's sharing stories of this room. And then you hear this like click like this, just very subtle click. And then the door that's behind the restoration manager just starts to slowly open and the beginning of the interview it was clearly closed all the way and the click was the knob and oh. it just slowly opens like all the way it was pretty cool and this wow. is total daylight sun's beaming in through the windows it was pretty and cool. the heavy doors were still there so it's the heavy door that's opening like this it was the door leading to the bathroom in the room oh, okay okay uh, Zach, of course, comes running in and he, then he's like gets involved in the investigation and he does an EVP session. And clear as day when they play it back, it sounds like a female voice in a whisper saying, water, drink the water. 
I am. I am. Take a drink. <laughs> I'm scared. It's making me loopy. I'm thinking. <laughs> is glass. it really? Or I'm is thinking... it just? Did... No, I. I. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say because it could just be my mind. I just feel like very relaxed. I think it's the lithium. <laughs> Are you serious, or is it just in your mind? I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just told you it's just basic water and seen what happened. I'm not dumb, child. I can read. <laughs> I'm really kind of, I mean, my arms feel so heavy. <laughs> All right. Let's do what the ghost says. I Mom, wonder if it's addictive. Water. I wonder if any of these things that well, are sold in here. on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy yourself a whole case for like 60 bucks. Mm. Okay. Okay. So there are happier hauntings in the hotel as well. The click clack of high heels walking across the hotel lobby's floor. In the Brazos room, the main dining room and dance area where the rose colored pillars were. People report clinking glasses and silverware. Actually, uh, Texascapes.com website, they had the coolest story. There is a group of World War II veterans and their spouses. They're on some history paranormal tour of the hotel. <laughs> and one woman stopped, grabbed her husband. And she's like, do you hear? Do you hear that? And his response was nothing like what my husband would have responded. My husband would have been like, no, you're crazy. Just let's go. Let's keep up with the tour. But her husband's reply was, why? I certainly do. I certainly do, my sweet darling. Wow. Mine would have been I'm here. What? <laughs> yeah. Tom would have been, oh, what are you talking about? Hear what the guy's <laughs> saying? The tour guide? I don't <laughs> why, Sorry. Why are you why are you making Tom sound like he <laughs> does sound like that? Honey, I love you. <laughs> ah, what, what do you say, dear? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's the crazy water. It's just the crazy water. I'm going to keep my mouth shut, man. Oh, but before long, it wasn't just the couple that was hearing this noise. The whole group heard the sound of clinking silverware and glasses. The faint sound of chattering, like a group of people chatting. Yeah, it's the same thing I just described twice. But they also heard the faint sound of an orchestra playing. Oh, now that would be super cool that the whole group heard it, not just select few, the whole group. The whole group heard it. Wow. That's cool. There's lots of physical activity, doors being slammed, the sound of footsteps, people have been pushed, the normal hauntings that we chat about. What did that one guy say in one of your episodes? He's like the salt and pepper of the hauntings or yeah, yeah, talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I want to remember it was so clever. Keep talking. I'll look. Oh, gosh. No, because you're distracted. You're fine. You don't have to look. <laughs> I think he did say like the meat and know, potatoes something or something like something that. Like that. Just, yeah. 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 Your basic haunting stuff. Okay. So another story on texascapes.com. In 2000, there was this like huge paranormal investigation done at the Baker. Uh, I think it was like two local paranormal groups and they pitched in and they bought like all this really nice equipment all this high-tech equipment and um they did like i want to say like a whole week of investigating this like they took it very seriously seriously okay um 
And I think each paranormal group had its own psychic within their group. So mm-hmm. I always like, I always like that. I think it's very interesting when a psychic comes through and doesn't, doesn't know what the group has experienced or doesn't know what the other psychic has experienced or doesn't even necessarily know the history of the place. And then mm-hmm. it all kind of comes together in the end. I always find that so interesting. Okay. So um, I lost my place. On one night, the psychic went to investigate the west side of the fifth floor. But when she got up there, she halted and wouldn't go any further. This is just like what you and I were talking about. I don't know if that was a Patreon episode or not. Okay, so she started feeling really sick and said that someone was there trying to make the teams sick. They didn't, whoever was there in that fifth floor, they didn't want the teams there. She stopped and she left. Later that night, without any knowledge of her encounter on the fifth floor, a team went up there and in the same exact spot she had, they all started to like choke and cough and feel really sick. How many were in the team? I don't know the details. I just know that's, (laughs) I mean, was it two people? (laughs) No, I think, I mean, I think it was like a good part of the team went up there to investigate the fifth floor for the evening Mm -hmm. and they all started to like, yeah, choke. and they didn't. They didn't know what she had experienced. Okay, just question: <clears throat> Could there have been a gas release there, or something that caused them to choke? I mean, to cough. A gas release, like somebody farted. Like, what are you talking about? No, like, okay, is the building being in use at all at this point? It's just being renovated. Okay, couldn't well, there? When be they a... did this in two thousand, no, they're just sitting. Okay. To make the story even more interesting, another psychic later on joined the group, and upon entering the west side of the fifth floor, he picked up on, quote, disgust and discomfort. He told the group that area was occupied by a large, disgusting man who wanted everyone to leave. The psychic's name was Wayne. By the way, I forgot to mention that. Sorry. But Wayne described the west side of the fifth floor to be filled with suffering and disease in some areas. Okay. These groups during their big investigation found a lot of things. There was orbs and a lot of pictures, uh, moving objects were captured in the Brazos room and audio, creepy audio in the basement elevator, which is where they believe the the porter porter died. Yeah. So they were there for a few nights and it wasn't like captured every single night, maybe like every other night or every third night. I don't know exactly, but they would hear a distinct scream of a man in agony come oh, from the elevator. the elevator. Yeah. And they captured it on their EVPs in, or uh-huh. whatever they were recording it on. And interestingly enough, though, it was the exact same scream every time. So it's not like... It's the exact same sound. Yeah, exactly. It's the exact same sound that was happening in the elevator shaft. Now you said it didn't happen every, it didn't happen every night, but then when it did happen, was it the same time or was it? I didn't get that either. Mom. I just, (laughs) I just, you're ruining my scary stories. That's a valid point. That's a valid point though. Don't you think? I sound like Alex. (laughs) interestingly enough the exact same scream was captured a little over a year later by another paranormal group at the same time (laughs) 
Was this the scream of the man cut in half by the elevator? Oh, was yuck. that a good, good Zach reference there? You didn't. He didn't tell us he was cut in half. Jeez. I said he lost his head, didn't I? Oh no! no. I, you said it was a tragic accident. <laughs> now he's losing his head and half his body. Jeez. He was like cut in half. It was like tragic. It was Ooh. like tragic. <laughs> Oh, okay. There's another so which death half of was... him was screaming. Okay. There was another death that was on a few websites. Uh, there was a couple that was staying at the hotel and the woman told her date, I'll meet you down at the pool. And he took the stairs down to get to the pool and she jumped trying to get to the pool. What? She jumped from her room. She, drank some a... cra- she drank some crazy water. That's just a story that's like been told. I don't know if there's any fact to that because that was not <laughs> listed. I just wanted to share it. Okay. Uh, but supposedly the hotel will be open in 2024. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But I'm putting it on our to-do list because Mineral Wells sounds cool. It's just a really small town, but it sounds like they're putting a lot of money into it and they're growing it and they want to. And I, I like that like. Still looks historical, but they're yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, be cool to go hang out at the elevator, but we're probably going to be there a night that he's not scheduled to appear, <laughs> or we're there at the wrong time, or the wrong time because you did not pinpoint the time. <laughs> uh, so there's like this room at like the very top of the hotel. They call it the cloud room, and it because mm-hmm. the it's all windows, and I oh. guess it's just it's really pretty used to have um that's where judy garland would go was one of her favorite places and that's where the bands would play and there was dancing and now you can host your what there's like a bunch of places you can have weddings there this this hotel is is huge wow. huge huge it's huge well <laughs> hopefully you'll have a place for us to stop by everything's sometime. bigger in texas <laughs> okay anyway so uh <laughs> crickets all of our resources for this episode will be on our website we are going to try our darndest to keep putting episodes episodes out every other our week. darndest yes we are Oof. but please don't be mad at us if we have to take off a couple of weeks or a week or something because of the baby we're gonna try though yes we're gonna try uh, okay, so resources are on the website, Killer Hangover Podcast. If you want to see like behind the scenes and us chit chat and extra episodes, you can join us on Patreon. It's five dollars a month. We have extra stories on there. We chit chat on there. Uh, I'll keep you guys we keep you know patrons posted on baby stuff on there. Yeah, it's five dollars a month. There's a link to that in the description of this episode. We have a fun one coming up. We do. We do. Oh, yep. Okay. I'm even getting stories from uh, retired police. So, oh, and you get the whole backlog too, which I mean, everything that we have posted, which moms talk to a private investigator, we've talked to psychic uh, detectives. Yes. So, (laughs) we have it's all there. Yep. Fun stuff. Lots of extra stuff is there. It's just $5 a month and we really appreciate the support. Yeah, I think that's that's all, folks. 
are you feeling mom man i think i'm gonna lay down after this. you're gonna lie down oh, i'm boy. gonna bring the rest with me you and alex can drink it oh, i thought you meant you were gonna bring the rest with you to go lie down i was like dang no <laughs> really you really think it's making you feel that weird i don't know i could just be it could all be I, in my head you know it is I don't... like a gloomy rainy day but it's not i'm not tired I'm not tired at all. I'm just kind of relaxed. It's not a bad thing. I have a lot to do. I don't know if it's <laughs> a bad thing or not. Uh, oh, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. This is a good one, mom. Cheers, mama. Cheers. Love you, kid. <laughs>